contracts, terrorism laws, financial crimes laws, and a whole host of other international intrigue issues that, uh, quite frankly, uh, you might see in a, in a spy novel or in a crime book. Um, but we're going to talk about them today, and it's going to be a really interesting uh, session today. I'm excited about it, and it's not just because we have our old friend, uh, Rob Scott back on the program, but it's because this is going to be some pretty groundbreaking material that, quite frankly, it doesn't get talked about out there in the general media. It doesn't get talked about in the in the channel, and it certainly doesn't get talked about in the managed services uh, community, except for places like MSP Alliance and here on the MSP Zone. So, Rob, welcome back to the program. Good to be with you, Charlie. Thank you. Okay, so so let me uh, set the stage real quickly, and then we'll 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 get you. Uh, get you uh, going on, on your expert opinion here. So the, so we've been talking about for many years, Rob, and, you, and you've been one of uh, a handful of people within the, the MSP Alliance community uh, for f- 10, 15 years now, talking about the, the you know, legal liability issues, talking about the intersection, uh, the future intersection of managed services and law. Um, this is not a new concept for our community or, or for you. Um, your practice, for those who are not aware, Scott and Scott out of Dallas, Texas, um, you know, does a lot of work with MSPs uh, all over. Um, a lot of it in the world of uh, contracts, uh, you know, drafting managed services agreements between MSPs and their customers. So I'm painting a picture for those of you out there who are not familiar with this, who just need a refresher. Um, separate issue. Uh, so set the stage for the contract and, and, the, and the managed services and the law. A separate issue is ransomware. And the escalation of ransomware, roughly, I think the first ransomware was, was publicly you know, noted in somewhere in like 1989. But really, it wasn't until 2012-ish that we started to see ransomware begin to flourish globally as a real significant issue. And all of you know, you know ransomware, the, it also associated payments to return the uh, the safe return of the data that was encrypted or, or, or taken so that the customer could uh, regain the use of it again uh, in an unencrypted um, you know fashion and so that brings up a lot of issues of well how should you pay should you not pay how do you pay safely how do you pay and know that you're going to get you know the, the deal back right after all you're dealing with a, a criminal, enterprise. Uh, and so they're not exactly the most trustworthy people. So how do you do that safely? And there's been conflicting guidance from even our own uh, FBI here and other places who have said, you know, hey, maybe you should just go and pay it. Well, today, the United States Treasury Department, it's actually not today, it was uh, October 1st, last week, came out with a um, some guidance through the uh, Office of Foreign Asset Control, or OFAC, um, saying that basically, their guidance is against 
the payments of ransomware, and that furthermore, if you if you do make payments uh, for to ransomware um, organizations to get data back, you might be facilitating and therefore breaking laws that include financial crimes and anti-terrorism laws that are basically prohibit the transfer of funds and aid and assistance to certain criminal organizations, certain you know terrorist organizations. So that's the layup. That's where we are right now as of you know the early October 2020. Um, Rob, what's your take first of all on the Treasury uh, Department slash OFAC guidance? Um, what are your just gut thoughts about about that new development? Um, I, I, I think it's good that they're coming out with something very specific and actionable. It's, it's very stressful to be the victim of such an attack. And it's even worse if you can't get a straight answer on what you should do. And I think there has been conflicting guidance on whether it should be paid or not paid. From the perspective of MSPs, you know, I, I think that there's a number of pitfalls with ransomware, uh, including but not limited to the customers in a position of, in many instances, you know, being deciding whether to pay or not pay. And it could be in the MSP's best interest for the customer to pay. Uh, from the amount of work that needs to be done or anything like that. And so I think it's important from an MSP's perspective to make sure that their financial situation is neutral with respect to the customer's decision. Because there could be... The customer's ransomware payment is lower than the cost to the MSP to remediate. And if the MSP doesn't have it clearly identified in their contract, that the customer is responsible to pay above scope rates for that, then it could be a financial problem for the MSP. So, so let's let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, historically, we know MSPs have been participants in the transfer of you know whether it's uh, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or others to ransomware organizations in order to retrieve customer data. We know this. We've we've heard many stories. Um, we we know it takes place. Uh, now the guidance seems to be: look, it's not saying that you can't do it. They they certainly say on the on the OFAC website that if you're gonna do it, you need to contact law enforcement. So I don't know if law enforcement would would necessarily tell people you can't make the payment. Um, you know, I, I I think that there's there's some legal jeopardy uh, perhaps that that the MSP may want to think about before they, they get involved with a ransomware um, transaction. Uh, Rob, would you, would you agree with that or what would your counsel be uh, for this? So yeah, 100%, aside from the issue that I raised about, you know, cost to remediate versus cost to pay. If a MSP is going to be involved in, in facilitating the transfer of funds or in any way getting involved in a transaction of that type, it raises a number of additional risks that uh, need to be carefully evaluated. So and we're going to get to the contractual uh, solution, or I, I hope it's a contractual solution uh, shortly. But what I think it does is it does have an unintended, perhaps, uh, benefit to the MSP and to the customer by saying, look, what I see this as is a, you know, don't look at paying the ransomware payment as your first go-to solution because, number one, it's almost always 
or in many cases, it's it's fueling terrorism, right? It's fueling, you know, very bad organizations. It gives them money and revenue, and and that's generally not a good thing. It puts the MSP in a bad position because they're they're almost contributing to the bad behavior of the customer who says, "Look, I now have a." Um, I have a mitigation against all the bad things that I didn't do, right? I didn't back up my data. I didn't use multi-factor authentication. I didn't do all the things that allowed the ransomware in the first place. There's a, some assumptions in there in, in, my, in my predicate. But the, the, the customers are basically saying, well, I didn't do any of those things, but I'm still going to get my data back. It'll cost me, but I get it back. Um, Rob, is this going to make a shift in the managed service provider community that allows them to gain better control over the, the cyber hygiene behavior of their customers? Well, I think so. I, I think that it, the more of this stuff that comes out, the more customers understand that the magnitude of the risk and, you know, the MSP can't be in the position of managing networks that are not kept current despite advising the clients that they need to be done and then getting attacked with ransomware. And then the MSP has to, uh, you know, get involved in a law enforcement uh, case or do a forensic remediation or likely both, or potentially get involved in a transaction involving the attackers. Uh, those are things that are not contemplated in the standard monthly fees that are charged for devices and users in the managed services world. Clear, think, clearly outside that. Yeah. But, but these are the risks that, that managed service providers face. And in particular, if their contracts are not very clearly written to address uh, ransomware and, and their responsibility in response to an attack, whether it be to provide technical, investigative, forensic, cooperative with law enforcement services, uh, all of that needs to be carefully um, thought through and worded in the customer contracts. So let's let's turn our attention to the contract issue. So already in Louisiana, everyone knows by now, hopefully the MSP uh, registration law down there, it also has a provision dealing with the disclosure of any ransomware payments that the MSP makes. So uh, we're monitoring, many of you know, the MSP Alliance is monitoring this. We expect that other states, other regulatory agencies may also uh, follow suit to what Louisiana has done. Uh, those of you who are in the MSP Verify program know that that standard now has an MSP ransomware payment disclosure um, you know, control in it. Rob, what is your guidance to, a, to the MSPs out there who might be saying, because this doesn't matter if you're in Louisiana or not, this is saying... Look, if you're involved in ransomware payments, we, you know, the, the U.S. Treasury and, you know, OFAC, the, the, the enforcement arm, we're telling you, you may be at risk. You may be at legal and, and criminal, some of these, right? These are financial crimes, and these are also anti-terrorism laws. So the, these are definitely criminal. These are not just civil um, liability issues. What is your guidance? What What is our community guidance to the MSPs at this point? Well, look, I, I think that number one, uh, let's protect the customers against ransomware attacks using the, the technologies that you described and, and, and selling them and, and, and monitoring them and 
and, and reducing the threat in the first place. Secondly, I think that the MSP needs to make sure that in the event of ransomware, its role is very clearly defined, both to, to protect it from a business perspective, but also to avoid getting caught up in something uh, nefarious or very time consuming. And, and therefore, you know, if, if the customer is going to pay a ransomware, then and the MSP is going to be involved in that, then I think it's incumbent upon the MSP to involve law enforcement, at the very least to give law enforcement the opportunity to participate and, and take a position with the client with respect to whether to pay or not pay. Uh, and, and I also think that if, if the MSP is going to be involved in a, in a Bitcoin transaction, that there be a clear agreement with respect to that Bitcoin transaction, that it's clear what the, what the uh, MSP's role is, and that the, uh, there's a waiver of, of, of liability uh, in, with the MSP and the customer in the event that something goes wrong. After all, this is a follow-on transaction with the attackers. So there's a risk that something could go wrong. And so if MSPs, you know, trying to help a client uh, do so and something goes wrong, uh, there could be liability there. And, you know, your professional liability insurance that covers your managed services probably doesn't cover you acting as a Bitcoin transfer agent. So, Rob, I, I think these are all incredibly important issues. So my guess is, and correct me if I'm, if I'm straying out, out of bounds here, but most managed services agreements between MSPs and clients are silent on the issue of, of ransomware payment work done by the MSP. Uh, what's, your, what's your statement on that? And what should the MSPs, should, they, should the MSPs now, now that this, this guidance is out there, should they make any changes proactively to their contracts to protect themselves? Well, I definitely think ransomware needs to be addressed. And, and in our contracts today, it's pretty clear that the customer has to decide whether to pay the ransom or uh, pay the MSP to remediate. And that the work in response to the ransom is above scope to the monthly fee. It's billed as a project. Uh, and that is uh, that. Now, with respect to this new guidance, I think it should be added that it's clear uh, that, that the customer understands that in the event of a, uh, a ransomware attack that is paid, that uh, the customer is aware of the regulation and that, um, uh, that it understands that the MSP will comply with that regulation. And if that means the MSP has to give notice then that's an exception to the confidentiality rules of the agreement. So, yeah, so I, that's a good point because it actually it, it actually raises the issue not just of the Louisiana uh, MSP registration law, but it now deals with you know I mean the U.S. Treasury Department has pretty pretty long reach you know globally, um, especially for financial crimes and terror related issues. So it, it seems like you've you've raised not just the external and so you've dealt with already the contractual the payment right this is not a, in a standard managed services agreement so don't expect it to be covered it's going to be extra that's good um there's disclosure right issues and privacy issues meaning that the is there any situation um outside of louisiana already where there is no it, it's not a may but a shall requirement for the msp to notify 
right? This, this happened. We know that this happened. I have to disclose it. I don't have a choice. Doctors have some of those, you know, for public health. Are, are we getting close to that rule or requirement for MSPs? I think we're moving in that direction. I, 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 I think that certainly if an MSP is involved in it in any way, it raises the question of whether they quote unquote made the payment. Um, you know, that comes a, a, a factual issue that would be resolved in light of each state law statute. But yes, I think, you know, varying degrees of involvement in, in, in a Bitcoin or ransomware attack uh, could trigger a statute that has a notice obligation. So a, a, an MSP gets the green light from their customer. Yeah, go ahead, engage with the, the hackers, attempt to get our money back or our data back. Here, here's the Bitcoin account information you need. The, the next step then is the, the MSP says, we are contacting law enforcement. We are contacting uh, the FBI, presumably if it's a federal issue. I mean, all of these are federal issues. So they, they contact the FBI and then that essentially is protected um, under the existing agreement between the MSP and the, and the customer, right? There's no, there's no privacy um, f- fault with the MSP doing that. It depends on the agreement. But uh, under our agreement, uh, the, the, the MSP clearly has the right to respond to and cooperate with law enforcement. If they're not sure if it's in their agreement, it seems like they need to run, not walk to, to uh, you know, your firm or a firm like yours. You know, there's not that many that do what you do, but, but, but seek out legal counsel where they can know for certain that they are protected. Because I think the last thing they want to do is be caught in a contractual, um, you know, break the, the, the term of the, of the contract by, by fulfilling their obligation under U.S. federal law. I mean, I, I know that those are going to be their hierarchies of which one supersedes the other, but, you know, a lot of this is also educating and communicating to the, to the customers. Look, we want you to be aware of this, and this is no longer just a private affair. This is no longer a private matter that only you, the customer, and me, the MSP, and the and the hacker organization know about. Correct. I, I think that you know it's important for anybody that has the potential to be in a situation like this to go ahead and take a look at the OFAC uh, guidance from October first that you opened with, and if appropriate, to share it with their lawyer and say, in light of this we are concerned that our customer contracts are not presently equipped to address these disclosure obligations. And the way it's currently set up would be um, maybe not in a way to protect the MSP's financial interest. And I don't think we want the whims of the customer to be able to dictate what the financial outcome is for the MSP. The customer contract should make the decision by the customer be uh, neutral financially to the MSP so that it can advise the customer to do what the customer thinks is best. I mean, the MSP is not going to profit from this transaction. In the context of this, it's usually um, the path of least resistance would be to pay 
And if the MSP is not going to get paid incrementally to do the extra work that results from not paying, then is it really fair that the MSP, the, the customer doesn't pay and the MSP does the work. So the real victim of the crime is the MSP. They're, they're de facto the, the insurance backdrop yeah. to, the, to the customer who didn't behave. And that's the need for the contractual change. So it sounds like you're, you know, Scott and Scott uh, MSP clients may already have some of these provisions. Um, safe to say you might be tweaking um, small modifications in the near future um, just to be, um, you know. Well, yeah, I think, I think Charles, as we, as we dive into this and begin digesting the implications of it, um, I do think that, it, that a, an amendment to our standard contracts that we recommend to MSPs would be appropriate. And what I have in mind is to really add a section in the ransomware discussion about interaction with law enforcement and disclosure of ransomware incidents. And um, I'd be happy to share that you know, language with you, Charles, um, after I put it together um, and um, be interested to get your input on it. But that's what I have in mind. And to make it clear, uh, if necessary, that the MSP has the right without notice to the customer to uh, co comply with any laws that re require disclosure or cooperation with law enforcement. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think your earlier statement is correct that we're we're moving towards this this general um, position in in the MSP profession that MSPs are are not only having duties or obligations to disclose to certain groups when certain things happen breaches now ransomware payments i mean it you know doesn't take a crystal ball to figure this that this is where we're headed i mean you know and it's been relatively fast has it not i mean who, who knows where we're going to be in another 12 24 months well you look yeah i think the regular regulation around uh it and privacy um will continue to accelerate i think you know uh consumer privacy and online privacy uh, I think is at the forefront of the regula regulators and lawmakers' minds. And uh, I think it's going to continue to be that way. So in, in summary, um, again, a lot to take in, but let, let's summarize. Um, so we've got a, a continued progression towards greater disclosure requirements, call them burdens, but they're just generally requirements to disclose on behalf of the MSP when certain things such as you are contemplating or have just made a ransomware payment. I think now the, the, if you want to call it the best practices, a talk to someone like Rob about getting your contracts up to date and make sure that there are provisions in there protecting you and your customers for ransomware specific situations and make sure that you follow the guidance, contact law enforcement when you are in that situation, get their guidance, um, and, and, and the fallback position, Rob, is, is I think uh, the larger and big good positive outcome from this is this is even more reason for, for customers to listen to their MSPs, back up their data, use you know, current up-to-date up to security monitoring management techniques to prevent the, the ransomware attacks in the first place. I mean, prevention is a heck of a lot cheaper than, 
than making these ransomware payments. And absolutely, and sometimes the ransomware payments are set at a number that's just below the cost to remediate. In other words, there, 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 there's a financial and a business calculation that, that has gone into setting that price. Correct. Well, on average, you know, I, I think this has been an exciting, you know, uh, exciting year for, for a number of reasons, but we, we just seem to yet again continue to see the, the evolution and maturity of the managed services profession and uh, I can't help but think that this is going to be a, a topic that we, you know, you and I, Rob, talk about in the future as, as this begins to mature and become more, uh, more clear what the guidance uh, it really is. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate everyone jumping in. Uh, this is really exciting stuff. I mean, it, it, you know, you may think, well, you know, what's the practical impact? The, this is big. This is uh, maybe not earth shattering, but it's a big step in the right direction for managed service providers, for your customers. And uh, we'll definitely have Rob back on the program in the future to talk about some of the updates uh, from, from his firm and what they're doing to, to continue to help MSPs with this issue. Um, Rob, as always, appreciate you being on the MSP Zone. Thank you, Charlie. And to the rest of you, stay well, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time on the MSP Zone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you will get notified when future episodes are released. We will see you next time in the MSP Zone.